0: But you only get one shot. Advice from a school teacher to a young top, applying a sticker to a Spider-Man lunch box. When even role models tell us, we're born to be felons. We're never getting in a harbour of Carnegie Melon. And we going in be the robbing somebody you're killing. Hello, welcome to the podcast where it happens. It's another Hamilton podcast. It's the last Hamilton podcast you'll ever need. Uh, I am your co-host, Marcelo Pico, and with me as always for this is Paul Smith. Hey, Paul. Hello. Hello, happy
1: people! At the at the end of 2016.
0: <laughs> yes, we've reached the end of this dreadful, dreadful year. Um, <laughs> it it's been something. Well, I mean, it hasn't been all dreadful, Paul. I mean, <laughs> there have been some
1: shining lights. Some this shining. Pod, this podcast being one of
0: them. Yes. Wow. What a how far we've we gone with this podcast. This is now episode ten. Uh, really episode 11, if you're counting episode 0, but let's not get into that right now. (laughs) Um, yes, I mean this, um, yeah. I guess before we get things rolling on this episode, let's let's backtrack a bit. As I always like to do with these, uh, the podcast. What Happens episodes. Let's, let's go back uh, to where it began with my, uh, hesitation on Hamilton, why we're here. Uh, yes, back, way back, I think, in May, I think... June in the summer, um, I decided, hey, I'm going to listen to Hamilton for the first time because I've been avoiding it for so long. Um, And what better way to uh, get into Hamilton than by uh, podcasting about it? Because I guess I podcast a lot. So why not make this a podcast? And I figured, hey, why not uh, have somebody guiding me through this journey? A, a a huge hamilton fan and uh i i mean i found the perfect hamilton uh aficionado the fan the one who knows everything uh paul <laughs> smith uh right paul okay i'm tossing it to you uh where are you coming from uh, in terms of this podcast paul
1: i i was the super fan that wouldn't shut up i was <laughs> i was that annoying guy that wanted absolutely everybody to listen to it and then talk to me about it um So, yeah, uh, this was a match made in heaven. I I love the opportunity. One of my greatest pleasures in life is sharing the things that I love with other people and then then being able to to talk with them about it. Hopefully they love it, too. So (laughs) it was a scary experiment. Uh, You were willing to try it, having never listened to it. And I was like, you're going to love it. But secretly, I was like, oh, shit, what if he doesn't love it? (laughs) But fortunately, it all worked out. We had a great time. Uh, It was a... It was a huge success, I think. Um, you've come out—you've not only survived your Hamilton experience, but you've come out the other side as I think it's safe to say a fan.
0: Yes, I think so. Um, it, it, it was very successful on on uh, all those parts. The podcast itself, like the first seven episodes, right, were uh, dedicated to just covering Hamilton, the soundtrack, the original cast mm-hmm. recording, I should say. Um as as I listened through it, as I listened through it for the first time, uh and Paul and I broke down every single song. And yeah, and then from there, yeah. Uh, my appreciation for Hamilton has grown uh from there and and as we'll discuss later in this episode with the release of the mixtape and the film and the soundtrack to Moana, um yeah, uh I, I can go back and say I am a huge fan of Hamilton and Mr. Lynn Manuel Miranda, so It was all a success, Paul. Yay. Yay! I mean, good job, everybody.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yay, us.
0: (laughs) Yay. All right. But yes, that's where we were, are, and now what are we going to do? So a lot has happened, Paul. Uh, Has it? (laughs) Since the last time we recorded a podcast for the podcast where it happens. Um, Last we spoke, we talked about the uh, Hamilton documentary uh, Hamilton's America right uh right. for PBS um and uh notably that was before uh, the election <laughs> um yeah yeah and and uh yeah so since then it's been interesting uh, i guess we'll, we'll we'll touch on this Hamilton news before we get into the works of uh, Lynn and Miranda um but but yeah, it, Paul. I mean, it's 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 funny and also sad and also, I guess surprising that you know, in in about, I don't know, like a like a decades time or however long, if there are still history books that we can look we can look back and we'll see during this time that Hamilton played a a a, a part in the uh, in this uh in this political process, right? I mean. Uh, for those who forgot i mean how could you i mean how could you not forget uh, uh that uh, little incident with uh what's his name mike pence right he went pence. to go see yeah he he went to go see <laughs> hamilton <laughs> and 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 it became a huge political storm um yeah that was that just was, one more reason for for
1: for you to dislike him cuz now mike pence has seen hamilton
0: and you oh stopped. son of a bitch <laughs> <laughs> I yeah it, oh boy, um, yeah. but yeah but it, it's 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 crazy Paul. I mean this election is was it's I don't know, it, seems, it seems like the election is still happening. It's oh insane. it's going
1: to be it's going to be happening to us for the next four years. Like the 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 election process, the whole campaign process felt like it lasted two years. Actually I think I think eighteen months I feel like is what they've said. Technically that's what the campaign process was leading up to this. Um, and now we are th- theoretically i guess we're facing at least four years of this nonsense and it's just gonna feel like i mean what, uh, any uh game of thrones fans out there are you a fan of game of thrones i've only watched like the first two seasons okay. paul okay so if if i were to say that uh 2016 has been uh ramsey bolton and all of us are reek would that make sense to you or anyone listening i hope people
0: listening make sense (laughs) of that
1: (laughs) well it's not good Uh, it's a good comparison i think but it's not a good thing to experience so
0: yeah uh i I mean yeah um like i was saying it seems like it's all this craziness i I would have hoped it it uh it was going to end on election night but it still keeps going each and every day and and yeah the, the the hamilton incidents was just another day in this crazy madness that is this politics today, and um, I, I don't know if you know this, Paul. I read. I think this is a fact, but um, so so. I just want to talk about it just briefly this this moment that happened. Uh, Pence went to go see Hamilton, and of course, uh, well, well, not of course. Like I wasn't expecting like like this to happen, where I, it was at the end of the show were one of the cast members, um, I forget who it was. It,
1: uh, I thought it was Javier. Javier, Javier Lunez, I think.
0: Yeah. Uh, oh, oh! Uh, I looked it up just now. Brandon Victor Dixon, who plays okay. Aaron Burr. My apologies. Uh, yes, he took the stage and he addressed uh, the audience in Pence uh, with with a little uh, little speech. And I believe this was written by Lynn Manuel Miranda. Do you know if that's right? The speech, yeah, the speech that Dixon gave. I, oh. I, I have no idea. I thought it was a spontaneous thing. Like oh. I,
1: I didn't, I didn't know it was a prepared speech because I mean they, I don't think they knew he was gonna be in the audience. I don't know. I, I honestly, I've, I've seen it once. Like I watched it once online, um, and I, you know, I don't remember a lot of details except that it was not nearly as inflammatory as so many people made it out to be.
0: Yeah, uh, somebody really thought it was uh, disrespectful to the vice president. Um, whoops, <laughs> I I just clicked on an article and it started playing automatically. So <laughs> you, you folks can't hear it, but it really shocked the hell out of me that video. Uh, yeah, I, I was just uh, the video that I just played was the Dixon video, because uh, I was trying to do research on this, which is funny doing research on this as the podcast is happening. But <laughs>
1: this, that's how that's how we roll.
0: It, that's how we roll. Um, but let's see. Uh yeah, it says here the statement uh, Mr. Dixon read was written by the show's creator Lynn Manuel Branda. Yeah, oh, okay. So yeah, so uh yeah, it's it's something, all right. Um, I have the transcript here. I'm not gonna, you know, read the whole thing. I might. Uh, should, I, I don't know if I should play it on the podcast. Um, because it's 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 frankly, I I I, I like what he had to say. It, it yeah, like you were saying before, it is it is in no means. in in any way like disrespectful to Pence. It's just... They want to just have an open conversation. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's all it is. So, yeah. Um, I'll tell you what, folks. Go back and listen to that that speech that Dixon made, written by uh, Miranda. Do
1: you do do, uh, show notes for this? Or, like, maybe when you publish this, you could include a link to the video or something?
0: Now that I have a website, yes, I can. Yeah, So, yeah, I'm going to write that down. So, Folks (laughs) listening to this on the websites, on on talkfromsociety.com, you know, go on the page and you'll see the link to it. So I'm going to make myself a note. That's a good point, Paul. Uh, so yeah, so l- uh, listen to that, read that. Um, again, you know, quite, I don't know what other way to put it, historic, you know, looking back on the craziness that was, or that still is this, you know, political fever, that's, uh, that's an important moment. Yeah.
1: So, I mean just in brief for those who don't know, and how could you not know the, uh, what made it historic was kind of the backlash. I mean, it was, it was a wonderful moment that they, they had an opportunity to, to, I mean, I don't know if it was meant to be an exchange because it really was the, the cast kind of just speaking to Mr. Pence and the audience at large. I I don't know if they were calling for a back and forth dialogue at that moment, but, um, like I said, it, it wasn't really inflammatory. I didn't feel like it was that, uh, it wasn't insulting. It wasn't directly challenging. It was, I mean, it was, the speech was given in the same, uh, you know, spirit that the entire production is. Um, it, it was pretty inclusive and, and open minded. But at any rate, the backlash to it also is, of course, the historical aspect because so many, so many Trumps. well, I think Trump himself actually demanded, like, called it disrespectful and, and, yeah. If, if Trump himself didn't demand, he certainly implied, and then his followers demanded a boycott of Hamilton, uh, which is never going to happen. That's just never going to fly. Yeah. And- I, I was actually thrilled when that happened. Let me tell you, when, when I heard that that was going on, I was thrilled. I was like, yes, please, Trump supporters, put all of your your energy behind the notion of you know creating a, a Hamilton boycott. Because if you were distracted with that fruitless endeavor
0: maybe you won't uh cause any other problems. <laughs> I, and and one thing I read which doesn't make sense to me but I found it funny and and maybe you can explain this part cuz I don't know how this could happen that the week after those Trump supporters said, you know, boycott Hamilton, Hamilton then went on to have like the biggest uh most profitable week of like their run. And uh, I was like, "Well, how cause that how that how can that happen if all the tickets are already sold out?" Like,
1: <laughs> I, yeah, I don't. I don't know if that was, you know, I don't know if that was in direct response or if that was just a, a coincidence because it is pretty. Like tickets are are yeah. sold way in advance for this. So.
0: Exactly. So I don't know, but I just found that funny and also highly illogical.
1: <laughs> so yeah, it, it's I suppose so maybe once. maybe what could have happened is you know people scalp these tickets. It's, yeah, it's maybe. an ugly
0: an ugly fact
1: of life, but people scalp these tickets and they probably started charging more for them.
0: Yeah. So. Oh, and, and another thing that I should have done research on um, is, and I'll speak to this briefly, I don't know if you know any, anything about this, uh, Paul, but uh, Miranda has been helping to push this bill through Congress, I think, uh, trying to ban robots from buying tickets. Those-
1: oh, yeah. Yeah. And I don't know details. I just, I, I have seen that. And I thought, didn't, uh, didn't it just pass? Or didn't it? I, it just popped up in in my newsfeed like maybe yesterday, so I feel like it reached a it reached a landmark.
0: Yeah, yeah, which uh, uh, which is great because he his main beef with these bots, which is a phrase I never thought I'd say, is that uh, it it takes away uh, it, it doesn't allow you know normal people like me. Who would want to go see Hamilton when these tickets are released online? Because these bots are just programmed to just you know buy you know all, as many tickets, all the tickets that go on sale as quick as possible. So, yeah, I, I think it's I think it's a you know a great um, great opportunity to just destroy that avenue of uh, of scalpers.
1: Yeah, here's here's what popped up in my feed yesterday: uh, President Obama signs anti-scalping legislation banning ticket bots. The Better Online Ticket Sales Act makes using bots to purchase large quantities of tickets for scalping illegal.
0: So. There you go. So yeah, um, n- another item on the Hamilton News beat... Uh, one one more thing, and, and 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 Paul, you can bring something up because I'm just doing this by memory. I should have <laughs> I should have written notes, but this is how the show is. I guess um, it's freestyle. This it's is freestyle.
1: This, this is our version of like a freestyle rap. I, I, not nearly <laughs> that talented.
0: I have I have a sense of what we're going dis- to going to be discussing, which could be just a, de- a detriment to this episode. But uh, somebody was cast recently um, uh, in Hamilton, a notable uh, actor, comedian, uh, Taron Killam, uh, was cast in Hamilton as, uh, I mean, obviously you've read this, right, Paul?
1: I no,
0: you don't know (laughs) what you don't, you've missed this Hamilton news.
1: I, I guess I have. This is
0: breaking news for you then, Paul. Uh, Oh oh my gosh, I'm going to pull this up so I don't mess this up. Here we go. Uh, uh, da, 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 da. okay, Taron Killam, and this was actually two days ago. Oh, this was yesterday. Wow. So yeah, I thought this was a few days ago. Anyway, so yes, Taron Killam, it, it has been cast as the as King George the Third. Ooh, in Hamilton. Oh my goodness, that has got to be.
1: <laughs> it's odd that King George is seems to be the role that uh, rotates so much you'd think all these other actors uh, that have to work so hard and and, uh, um, I don't know it it just feels like the other roles would uh, transition more often because there's it takes so much out of the actors but
0: George is like only on stage three times. <laughs> <But>. <laughs> I know, but he's he's quite beloved um, amongst many many people. He's he's some would say some would say not me like a showstopper uh, character. But yeah, but I, I find find interesting. I I I didn't think because yeah, like you said, it just it's like three songs mm-hmm. and not much stage time. So I didn't know. I guess it's 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 um, it'd be an easy fit for Killam, who I, I don't assume has much musical talent. I don't know the man. <laughs> I don't know what his what his background is, but I'm just assuming he's like a, a comedian straight out. So, yeah. Uh, I mean, we'll get to it in a bit, but for God's sakes, uh, even Jimmy Fallon took a crack at that song, and <laughs> find out my take on it later. So yeah, um, I, I guess that role is like Taylor. Not tailor made, but you know, seemingly this kind of person would, you, you'd think, fit right in. I don't know, right? right, right, I mean, Paul, you just learned this. I mean, what's what's your take? Do you have a take on Taron Killum? Do you have a Taron Killum
1: take? <laughs> <laughs> Taron Killum take. Uh, I don't. I did not recognize the name first of all, so I'm now I'm now looking at the Hollywood Reporter, so I I see the face and I know who this guy is. But I'm not a huge Saturday Night Live fan, so I'm sure I've seen him, but. Yeah, I don't have a a Terran take that I can give you necessarily. Uh, (laughs) I will say, as I was saying how surprised I am that the the King George role turns over as often as it does, I guess it makes sense. Like, my thought was all of the other roles are so demanding that actors have to get burned out, or hell, it's probably like professional football. I mean, it's like there's so many injuries (laughs) that happen because they're pushing themselves so hard. But, um, uh, you know, the King George role seems pretty pretty laid back by comparison, but I guess there's not that much meat on it, maybe. So, you know, maybe actors who would stay with the, like, the role of Hamilton or Eliza or whatever for years, um, there's not really as much to get behind with uh, with King George, so they, they move on quicker. But, um, anyways, I don't know where the hell I was going with that, but, uh, yeah, so I'm just looking at this, and I, I recognize the face, I see that he's from Saturday Night Live, but... I don't, I don't have a picture in my head. I can't hear his voice in my head, so I'm sure he'll be fine. I, I don't feel like, um, you know, the casting director of uh, of the Broadway production has really misfired yet, so I'm sure that he's going to be fine. I, it's interesting to note. I wasn't aware that he that this actor was married to Kobe Smulders. I yes, I didn't uh, know that. And she is also making her Broadway debut uh, next year. The same year. In something else, not in Hamilton.
0: Interesting, interesting. Yeah, uh, Killam is joining the cast of Hamilton on January 10th. I think that's what it says.
1: Uh, 17th? This is 17th.
0: Oh, well, I don't know. The Associated Press may be wrong. Uh, 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 It just says here, Killam will join new cast members, Brian Terrell Clark, as George Washington on January 10th. Um, Oh, no, you're right. It's the 17th. The, this is worded poorly. Again, research. I don't do it. Um, yeah, so it, yeah, it, it says here, Killam will be uh, on stage on the seventeenth, and then other cast members uh, who are playing George Washington will be on the tenth. There's a new Peggy; uh, she'll be there on the sixteenth, and a new Hercules Mulligan will be there on the sixth of January. So, yeah, um, a lot of new cast members uh, coming to Hamilton in January. Yeah, so, yeah, well, good good luck to all of them yes good luck um and i hope i get to see that stage production one day (laughs) uh we'll see so okay paul any any other hamilton news before we go to the mixtape um well uh i'm i'm
1: in the midst of so i'm gonna i'm gonna pimp a friend's podcast uh so let's get to the point which is a, a podcast hosted by ken edwards i don't know if you Uh, I think maybe you follow. Okay, yeah. Anyways, um, he—I don't know what I can say about this. I don't want to spoil uh, any of his announcements or anything we're doing on that. But we're kind of in the midst right now of recording his year-end episode. So let's get to the point. And uh, because it's Ken Edwards and he loves to torture me, and he knows that I hate making lists, he—he wanted us all to make lists of like our our best and worst of the year. Which is difficult to do in a year like
0: 2016. Yeah. But, um,
1: spoiler alert, if you at home are listening to this before that So Let's Get to the Point episode comes out, which it's possible, uh, my number one best of 2016, should really not come as a surprise, uh, is Hamilton and, and all of my various experiences uh, with and around Hamilton, including this podcast, which we'll get a shout out on that so let's get to the point.
0: Hooray! And thank you for that, Paul. And mm-hmm. yeah, if if I were to rank my uh, 2016 overall, this experience making this podcast, getting to Hamilton, that be on that be on the top ten for sure. It'd be up there. It was it, like I said before, um, getting into Hamilton. I guess something I needed at that point in time in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, I I'm st- I still go back listen to the songs as much as possible. Uh, and and yeah, and the podcast itself, the creation of it, the execution of it, just why you know I I, I had one thing in mind and it came to fruition pretty much perfectly. So yeah, uh, this has been a shining moment in 2016 in two thousand sixteen in what could have otherwise been you know <laughs> a, a pure unadulterated shitstorm. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so thank you, Paul. Okay, now. Lynn Manuel, Miranda. Oh, you know one thing. Again, I should have been more prepared. Um, one thing I wanted to mention before we get into the mixtape because we are discussing the mixtape and Moana, those are the big things we want to talk about. And we're gonna go not track by track, but we'll just highlight some tracks that we that we like. We want to talk about. Uh, I also wanted to discuss Paul. This I almost forgot about this. Uh, Drunk history that episode oh hell yeah what yeah. how did we forget that yeah i almost did i'm telling you but mm. i i'm glad I, I remember because i it was quite a funny i mean obviously it was a funny episode with with uh, Lynn, Mel and miranda getting drunk and telling <laughs> us some uh some hamilton history <laughs> i mean what else what else would he talk about <laughs> i mean un- unfortunately it's i haven't watched it since it aired so i
1: don't I'm not going to remember any exact moments from it but uh, yeah it was hilarious I've I've never watched that show before I've heard of it I knew it was out there but that was the first time I'd watched it so I assume they're all done the same way um, but just in case if this was a one-off I don't think it was but if this was a one-off you know they uh, it I thought it was hilarious that they had so while they're interviewing Lynn while while the creator while the the host is interviewing Lynn and he's drunkenly you know explaining these songs and then the that he wrote on the historical basis behind him you're seeing his words being acted out by by actors and I'm not going to remember who all the actors were it was uh Audrey or Aubrey Plaza and right. uh Alia Shawkat, I think was the other one those yes. are the two those were uh Hamilton and Burr, I don't remember which was which. Anyways, it's just hilarious to watch, like, Lynn's drunken words being lip-synced by uh, Aubrey Plaza in full, like, you know, revolutionary gear. It was crazy. It was hilarious. And it's always funny to... Well, it's usually funny, in this case it was hilarious, to watch somebody get drunk and try to explain (laughs) something that they're so passionate about.
0: Yeah, uh, this episode because I've seen a few episodes of Drunk History, and this was a special episode because usually what happens on Drunk History is you have like three stories and three presenters, uh, and you and yeah you do have the um, the the the, re, the recreations by comedians, but this one was special because it was Miranda, so they had just the entire episode filled with Hamilton uh, history as told by Miranda. Um, so that's what made it special and yeah i uh I love the cast again, I can't remember all who was in it. Tony Hale was in it, I know that oh yeah, yeah. He was pretty hilarious um and yeah uh, what, one of my favorite parts was during the uh during Miranda's drunken like rambling, I think it was quest Love who called <laughs> <laughs> while they <Yeah>. were filming, <laughs> yeah, and, and he goes, excuse me, quest love is calling. <laughs> And then Questlove is, like, there on the phone, like, through FaceTime, I think. And he's like, oh, like you're doing Drunk History right now? Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was
1: hilarious. It's also, um, I can't, was it on Drunk History where he talked about this? Or, or was it, like, an interview later? But apparently, like, for quite some time afterwards, um, Questlove and a whole bunch of other people uh, would say, do you remember when you were filming... Drunk history, and you called me to say this, or you texted me to say that, and Lynn was like, "No, I have no memory of that." <laughs> so apparently, he was like calling and texting and just talking to a bunch of people, and he had no idea what he said or, or who it was. So.
0: <laughs> it's uh, yeah, I I I'm assuming that's a usual thing that happens on that show. Um, well, what usually happens is the uh, the guest, the the guy, uh, the person telling the story, usually throws up but but uh lynn lynn almost did yeah he almost did. <laughs> i was kind of expecting because it, it's it's that type of show but okay. luckily he did not um yeah. <laughs> well okay I, you
1: know that's I, like i said i'd never watched an episode before so i kind of felt bad for him i was like this is what would happen to me if i were on the show because <laughs> i don't i it's been years since i i've gotten like blitzed or anything gotten drunk like that and uh so I I just imagine that's the kind of thing that would happen to me. I'd get drunk on camera, we'd be having a good time, and I'd have to say, hang on a second, <laughs> <laughs> So I felt bad for him, but now I'm like, you know, go Lynn. Apparently
0: everybody on the show pukes, and you managed to, to hold it in. So oh, yeah, good yeah. Job. Um, good job. Just from me watching about... Because I think I've only seen... I forget how many seasons there are, but I think I've seen the first two seasons, and I think... Uh, if I were to greatest performance, he did like above average. He he held his stuff together because <laughs> there are other people who were just who just who just end up on the floor and just uh, recite like uh, babble like like <laughs> just craziness. But he seemed, this uh, this is the fourth season, by the way. Oh, fourth season. So yeah, so I've seen. I think I've seen all of the first two, and uh, and uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Like I said. Uh, he still like when he was reciting the ha- the, the history of, of, of Hamilton like the, the little stories that didn't make the stage I think he mentioned like this is like he said like this is the stuff that, that didn't make it into like Hamilton mm-hmm. um, when he was telling like all that like all those stories like it, he seemed of course like this, this is like the one topic He should know everything about right. Yeah, I I have a I have a
1: feeling I have a feeling he's been interviewed on this subject so much that he could recite this if he was drunk on the floor. (laughs) So,
0: so there you go. So yes, a stellar performance by Miranda yet again on drug history. And yeah, he has been making the rounds um, because he has uh, he has two he had two products come out in the last like month and a half. He had the mixtape and Moana. Um, so let's talk about... Let's just transition to it, Paul. Um, uh, let's go to the mixtape. Okay. Now... Uh, I feel I, like
1: there should be a drum roll.
0: <laughs> like a music drop or something. Yeah. yeah. Uh, mixtape. Fill in musical drop. No musical drop because I'm not doing that. And here we go. <laughs> so this came out... When was it? Uh, beginning of December, right? Uh, December 2nd. Okay. Yeah. And I was I was excited about it. I was I mean, Paul, let's let's give some preface to this. Uh, I'll, I'll just go first. Like I said, I was excited. Like I've been hearing about this mixtape for months now. Miranda was teasing it. He's like, "It's coming, it's coming." I'm working with so and so. I got these tracks. Got these demos. It's gonna be great, guys. And and then yeah, and then they announced their release date. And I've been saying on this podcast like like paul i want to have an episode or two just on the mixtape <laughs> and and here we are we're, we're doing it i was that excited about it um and then okay paul now you go <laughs> how, how excited were you for the mixtape oh i
1: was i was hyped for this man i was super pumped for this like you said it's been it's been in the works forever it's actually been in the works longer than than the the stage production <laughs> because uh it, i think we talked about this on the show proper but uh this is what hamilton was originally going to be it was going to be the hamilton mixtape and it was going to be just just that it was going to be an album and he was like you know and maybe later i can come back and somehow adapt it to stage but in the process of writing the mixtape and coming up with these ideas he was convinced to just go straight to the stage with it so this is kind of you know the mixtape came first and then got set aside so Anyways, he's been super pumped about it. He's wanted to do it forever. And then with the success of the stage production and the, the original Broadway cast recording, uh, you know, a lot of artists were like, well, yeah, I want to be a part of this. So he, he's been teasing it for at least a year, at least a year. He's been like, Oh, by the way, guess who I talked to today? they might be, you know, you might hear him on a mixtape someday. (laughs) So Um, no, absolutely. I, I, I could not wait for this. Also, uh, just a little bit of background on me to set the stage for, for some of my reactions here. Generally speaking, I'm a fan of covers. Like, I, I usually quite like hearing cover songs, of, particularly of songs that I already like. So if someone were to do a cover of, you know, all Along the Watchtower or whatever, something like that, I like hearing different takes on, on songs, usually. So, I was expecting to fall head over heels in love with
0: this. <laughs> I love how we 're setting this up. It's like <laughs> somebody has to read between the lines, or no they don 't have to. I think we they know, they know what we're gonna right. um, yes, we 're going to say. Yes, we're very excited for it, and i i 'll just give you my reaction now i 'm um, fine with it, <laughs> I'm fine with it. <laughs> i uh, i I guess I should also say i I am a fan. Of hip hop and rap (laughs) music, Um, I'm not sure. (laughs) I mean, just by me saying it like that, I don't. I don't think I'm a reliable person when discussing that. But I'm a fan of it. I'm a fan of that music, mostly for the most part. And yeah, as to your point about covers, Paul. Like, usually, I'm a fan of covers. You know, most of the time. Okay, I was like, okay, let's let's see what happens. And I was surprised that after listening to it for the first time all the way through... Pretty much all the way through. I mean, I may have skipped a song or two for reasons, which I'll get into in a bit. Um, I was shocked that I didn't have much desire to go back to it. Uh, yeah. I, I frankly just went back to listen to the original cast recording, you know, more. Uh, and I've kind of just put the mixtape to the side, which is unfortunate. Uh, uh, but I mean, I, I I do like some of the songs from it. I'll say that. I mean, listening back to it today, like yeah, I I, I, I maybe I should give some of these songs another shot. Um, there you go. That's a that's a reference to Hamilton. <laughs> but yeah, but yeah, but yeah. I, I guess I was just so- shocked that it didn't really connect with me this you know, the first time I listened to it. Uh, what about you, Paul?
1: Well, I pretty much exactly everything that you just said so this is, is uh i've been telling people that like this was the first hamilton uh spin uh, pro- spinoff or property or tie whatever this is like the first hamilton thing since i fell in love with hamilton that i've been less than effusive about like i i've pretty much adored everything about hamilton and everything that comes out the the, the hamilton the the Hamill doc. I mean, I like anything with Hamill in front of it. I'm usually in the bag for, um, this is the first time where my reaction is just kind of, eh, what, what did you say? You're fine with it. Is that what you (laughs) said? I'm fine with it. (laughs) I'm fine with it. Yeah. So I, I had basically the exact same reaction and it's been difficult because, uh, my wife, Pam is, is actually a huge fan of it. Like she loves it, uh, unreservedly. And, yeah, um, we've been, you know, side by side on all of our Hamilton stuff. And, and for this one, I have listened to it. I listened to it again today for, I think, the third time all the way through. Um, and then I've just heard, I guess, my wife plays it in the car or whatever. I've heard, you know, songs here and there. But on my on today's listen, uh, I, I think I've made my final piece with it. <laughs> like I'd, I'd I'd still say that I'm fine with it. There are, there is are stuff on it that I genuinely like, and the stuff on it that I didn't like before, I'm less bothered by than I was on my first listen. But uh, yeah, <laughs> it's I'm happy that it's out there. I'm genuinely happy it's out there. And of course, Lin because he's he's living a charmed life and just it basically is loving life right now and has no reason not to. Um, he is so pumped. He's so excited by this. Like he he's. Over the moon with the fact that this is out there. I'm I'm proud of him and happy for him. I'm thrilled for him that this is something that that he's managed to accomplish. Uh, and I'm actually looking forward. To, like they're working on volume two, so I was less than blown away by the Hamilton mixtape volume one, but I'm excited that there's more. So
0: yeah, there's I more coming. I will for sure listen to volume two. Don't get me wrong, I, I'm looking forward to that. Um, but uh, but yeah. I mean, just to get further into it, Paul. Uh, wh- why don't we just mention some of the songs we we like? Okay, I mean, or let me ask you, Paul. Is there, a, are, there are there songs that you like at all?
1: <laughs> well, it's uh, it's got twenty three tracks, and um, I, I haven't broken down like how many tracks are of this type and how many are of that type. But basically, there are three types of songs on this. Uh, there are uh, the the demos basically, or the outtakes, whichever there's a debate over what we're going to call them. (laughs) But basically they're the songs that, um, that Lin-Manuel was, had written or was in the process of writing while he was still composing the original production of Hamilton. So, uh, it's like a glimpse behind the curtain. You get to hear songs that didn't make the, the cut for the play, um, or songs that are earlier versions of things that did make the cut. Um, and a lot of them feature uh like there's a song on here called uh, congratulations which was uh, meant to be sung by uh, uh not eliza angelica um and it features several lines that were eventually pulled into um, i'm forgetting what they were pulled into not burn uh I don't yeah. remember anyways, but the, but the demos are great because you get to hear, uh, lines that we now hear in the, the actual cast recording that had been used to different purpose before. Um, it also includes one of the, one of the demos, uh, is the, uh, uh, where is it? An open letter, <laughs> which is, we talked about this on the show when we were actually discussing the various tracks, um, in in the one song there's the brief moment where uh hamilton says sit down john you fat mother bleep and uh and i was like yeah that was actually originally supposed to be a much longer uh very vitriolic diatribe of hamilton like unleashing on uh john adams so we get to hear that here <laughs> We, and I believe I believe I told you at the time that we were talking about that that uh, one of the reasons it was cut is that it was really really ugly, <laughs> like it was an opportunity for Hamilton to just really get unleashed and say some nasty stuff, and they kind of decided eh, maybe we didn't we don't want Hamilton to come off as quite that much of an asshole.
0: Yeah, so I, I'm glad that's on there. Let, let, let's backtrack a bit because I think congratulations, maybe my favorite song off the mixtape. Okay, if if I were to pick one. Okay. Uh, let's listen to some of that now. So I'm going to drop some of that audio here, and as per usual with this podcast, uh, me and Paul are listening to it live, and you guys will not know that's happening. So here we go. Congratulations. <laughs> Congratulations. You have invented a new kind of stupid. Damage you can never undo. Kind of stupid. And open all the cages at the zoo. Kind of stupid. Truly, you didn't think this through. Kind of stupid. Let's reveal it. You took a rumor. A few, maybe two people knew. And refuted it by sharing an affair of which no one has accused you. I begged you to take a break. You, You refused to. So scared of what your enemies might do to you. But you're the only enemy you ever seem to lose to. You know why Jefferson can do what he wants? He doesn't dignify schoolyard time with a response so yeah congratulations so that was some of congratulations and like you said Paul it was um, this is I guess an original version of what they would go and put into one of the songs which I should have looked at the checklist. I, <laughs>
1: I, I, I can't believe that I have drawn a blank on where that would go I, I've discussed this uh, play so much uh, let me see if I can figure this out yeah. that would have been in um
0: and and I will keep talking. So uh, I don't know who Deza is. I mean, she she's one of the many uh, musicians, songstresses, uh, people who sing. <laughs> she's a rapper and spoken word artist. That's there you all go. I know. Um, there are several people on this track list who I don't know, and that's fine. But then there are people who I know absolutely who kind of excite me that they're on here. Like Busta Rhymes makes an appearance. Uh, who, who's the big one? Who who's the one? Let me see. Now, now I'm forgetting. Um, let's see. Uh, Usher, Nas. Usher, right? Nas. Uh, Alicia Keys. The one teaming I was like excited for: Ashante and Jairoel. Right. That that is that may be like in my top five of this. Uh, I'm mm-hmm. not going to bother ranking. I'm just this is general. But yeah, but uh, I, I as soon as I saw that, like as, as soon as I saw they were on that track list. Uh, I thought back to the conversation we had, Paul. That's I think it was I think it was this song that they're uh, that they're covering. Helpless. It is. It is. Yeah. It's it, it, uh, Miranda has gone on record saying that Helpless is essentially just uh, like a Jay Ashanti song. It's yeah. It's that back and forth. So having them cover it was like oh, I think it turned out pretty well. Okay, it's again. This is a funny thing about this mixtape. It's not a song, though, I would like to repeat and go back to often, which is weird. I appreciate it. <laughs> but I, don't know, I, I, I hate to say this, but I'd just rather, like, listen to the original cast recording. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I, I, absolutely, 100%. Yeah, so I'll, let, let me play a little bit of Helpless, just for, so people can, you know, get a get a taste of what that song sounds like with Ashante and Jaro. Okay, here it is. Helpless. On the podcast, where it happens as I load it up. Help me. I ain't got a dollar to my name, a naked land, a troop to command, a dollar of fame, all I have my honor, a dollar risk for pain. A couple of collars credits in my top notch brain, Brain insane. Your family brings out a different side of me. Peggy can find to me. Until I try to take a bite of me. No stress, my love. There's a little bit of helpless from the Hamilton mixtape. I don't know. Like, oh i uh, I'll just say real quick, like now I would just listen back to it a little bit more. I don't know, it it grows on me every time I hear it. it's it's fine. But again Rather just listen to the to the <laughs> recording.
1: Yeah, so so that's an example of the second type. I I, I said a minute ago there were sort of, there are three types of songs on this. Uh, we just mentioned the the demos or outtakes. That's what congratulations was an example of. Uh, now this helpless is an example of another type, which are just the straight covers, um, where there's there's very little alteration. Like these songs are the the covers are, I guess they're contemporized. So they take out most references to like the, the the characters from the play and they try to make them sound like just a song that you could hear on the radio. Right. Um, but, uh, yeah, there are several just like straight up adapted or, uh, uh, covers uh, of the songs on here. And those would be generally speaking, those are my least favorite tracks. Uh, Ah, okay. Um, like, Helpless is fine. I liked it. Um, and, you know, like you said, each listen, you know, it gets... I warm up to it more and more. But uh, still, if I were ranking the three types, uh, my least favorite would be the the covers. Like, I think the one that most people are going to be familiar with in terms of the covers is, is, uh, is Quiet Uptown because it's covered by Kelly Clarkson and she's been going on Pretty much every single like talk show or or you know uh, morning news broadcast or whatever, and performing it or trying to because she famously can't get through that song.
0: Um, <laughs> I I totally missed that. Well, so, so okay, I, I I I heard bits and parts of her touring, not touring, just going around singing this, but I didn't know that she has trouble getting through it.
1: <laughs> yeah, the, her, the the story she tells is that um, she was pregnant with her son when. Uh, she was approached and she hadn't uh, seen Hamilton yet but uh, they, they, she was approached and offered this song and she was like oh well that's great so let me listen to it and uh, for those that don't know and you really should the whole point of this song is it's about the loss of a child about the loss of a son the death of a son right. and dealing with that grief and so she, uh, she was absolutely destroyed as most of us are by that song. And so in the actual recording of it, she said we basically had to stop after every line, like every every line that I would sing, we'd have to stop because I was choking up. I'm here I am pregnant with my my son and I'm singing about the death of a son. Um and it really hasn't gotten any better. Like I've seen her she's performing it all over the place, but I've seen her perform it on 3 different times oh, um, wow. she did she did a web web broadcast she's been on one of the late night shows i don't remember which one and then she was on i'm actually i may have seen it four times i think she did good morning america and i watched it there and then she was on the voice and she performed it there oh, okay. but um and every time uh she she like chokes up singing it she'll she'll make it you know maybe halfway through the song and then you'll you'll either hear the catch in her voice or it I think her Good Morning America performance, she actually stopped. She actually skipped a few lines, a few beats, because she just couldn't. She like couldn't breathe. Wow. <laughs> she was choking up singing it so much. So, anyways, um, That's something.
0: So, so why don't we play some of that? And, okay, folks at home, let's see if you can make it through uh, this song. Uh, like Kelly Clarkson can't. So here we go. Let's play some of it's Quiet Uptown. By Kay Clarkson. There is suffering too terrible to name. You hold your child as tight as you can, then push away the unimaginable. The moments when you're in so deep, it feels easier to just swim down. And so they move uptown and learn to live with the unimaginable. Some of it's "Quite Uptown" by Kelly Clarkson and Paul. I just had a, a, a realization. Um, I think I know why. I mean, it's I, I I like a rendition of "It's Quite Uptown," but I think some of these tracks for me, and I just realized this just now, they're maybe too overproduced.
1: Yeah, uh, which I
0: agree. which is, I guess that's the whole point of a mixtape. I guess it's it, the the fact that they're you know changing up the the beats the music. Uh, adding all this layering on it but I don't know it uh, um, uh, this is I, I'm not a music critic by the way so I I really probably have no right in saying stuff like this but just uh, the the layers of like the, the the beats going across her her performance on this song it maybe takes away from the from the dramatic weight of the song for me that's just my point of view so something I just took what? away from it. I agree with you. Let me, let me mention two of the other covers on here that I
1: was expecting to like. So when, when he announced the... Uh, when Lynn announced what the... Finally announced what the track list was going to be and who was covering what, I was super pumped for uh, track number four, which is Wait For It. Uh, one of the best... So- I mean, they're all fucking best, but one of the best songs from the original Broadway uh, recording uh, would be covered by Usher. Uh, I'm not a huge Usher fan, but I like Usher. Uh, And I I feel like he's, you know, in terms of R&B, he's super talented. So I was excited to hear that. Uh, And then the other was John Legend, whom I also like. I wouldn't say I'm a rabid fan, but I like John Legend. I think he's super talented. And he was covering History Has Its Eyes On You. Um, In both cases, I think those are both shining examples of... uh, Neither one of them ruins the song that they're covering but uh, I'm going to say in particular, I'm going to say Usher's cover of Wait For It. Just some of his choices in the way that he uh, uh, I don't know in in the rhythm that he uses like the music and the beat stays the same but the way he he, the choices he makes vocally are so different from the way uh, that uh, Leslie Odom Jr. uh, did it originally that it completely throws me off, and if someone were to listen to that on the radio, who had never heard the Leslie Odom Jr. version of "Wait for It," it would probably be amazing. Oops, but, sorry, Am I, that, that was my automatic cat feeder. scared the crap. Okay, out of me. anyway, continue, Paul. Sorry. <laughs> uh, anyway, it's, so if you're unfamiliar with the song, it's, pro, it's probably amazing. You're probably like, "Wow, Usher, that's a beautiful song." But to me, they're just it's so vocally off from what I'm used to the way I'm used to hearing the song that I can't get past it. Like I, it's unlikely that I will ever learn to like the Usher version of way for it. Likewise, uh, John legends history has its eyes on you. I don't think either one of those is necessarily overproduced in the same way that maybe Kelly Clarkson's it's quiet uptown was, but, uh, yeah, just, uh, it, it's distinctly different, uh, vocalizations of songs that I'm intimately familiar with. And, and for some reason, this is why I said I usually like covers, <laughs> but in this case, I don't know. I'm so, I'm so intimately connected with the originals that it's really hard for me to hear different takes.
0: Okay. Let's, I, I'm going to play just a bit of wait for it by Usher. Uh, cause I, I'd like to be reminded of this song cause I just listened to it like uh, an hour ago and I'm having a hard time remembering it, <laughs> okay. which is a problem. I, I think, um for a lot of these tracks. Okay, let's play a little bit of Wait For It by Usher.
1: That
0: was a little bit of Wait For It by Usher. Yeah, I, I get it, Paul. <laughs> I get it.
1: Again, it's not terrible. Like even no, just no. listening to that little bit of it uh, that you played for me right there, I'm like, it's, you know, he's great. I'm, sh- I'm sure that's amazing, but it's so just the rhythm is slightly different in enough spots that it completely throws me off. Here, I'll tell you the real pain for me is uh, we were just listening to this in the car while my wife and I were driving last night, and I was trying to sing along. And, you, and I cannot sing along with Usher's version of "Wait for It," and that pissed me off. I know that completely defeats the purpose. Like it's a cover; it should be his version of "Wait for It." But still, I was like, "God damn it!" I don't. I can't listen to this because I just want to sing along, and he changes it up too much for my
0: for my liking. But yeah. anyways, uh, speaking of changing it up, okay, um, there are f- there are like two off the top of my head that just really change things up. Um, that are I mean, like you said, Paul, there are three right um, types of songs on this. Mm-hmm. The, the covers, the demos, and what else? What was what, the third one?
1: I, I, I call them. Uh, yeah, the third category is my favorite actually on here, and those are the sort of inspired by
0: right, songs. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. Oh yeah. So I was right. So the third type is what I'm talking about now. Uh, it's yeah. It's the inspired by. So you have songs like My Shots uh, with Busta Rhymes. And I wrote my way out with Nas. That are just which just, is
1: my which is my favorite off the album. I think
0: uh, uh, wrote my way out. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah, that was actually good. I, I was listening back to it today. Like I just said, I think that's my fifth time saying it. Uh, but yeah, just I yeah, let, let's just play some of that now, and we'll talk about it. Wrote my way out with Nas uh, and a few more artists, and also Len Manuel Miranda is on the track too. So here we go. Running on In my dual cassette deck running out of time like I'm Jonathan Lawson's rent check my mind is where the wild things are Maurice send deck and withdrawal I want it all please give me that pen back y'all I caught my first beating from the other kids when I was caught reading oh you can you small stop bleeding okay so that was a bit of wrote my way out yeah I I was just saying um I don't want to play the whole thing uh, but I would I th- I think that one that one was the most um from listening to it again this morning, that I was like, oh, I, this is actually one that's like pretty damn good. I I, I will listen to it again if I if we had more time. But yeah, uh, this one was the best in terms of inspired by for me. Um, the one with Buster Rhymes, my shot. It's not. I don't know. That one's kind of off to me. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's because it's not. Um, it feels uh, like they're holding back. <laughs> like, yeah. This song, the Romo way out is like, explicit. They, they do curse in it. But my shot, I mean, when I hear Busta Rhymes, like, I expect yeah. a certain <laughs> level of cursory. Come on. It, it, but it, it, it feels like he's not giving it his all, which is a shame. Um, but yeah. So uh, what else can we say about this mixtape Paul oh there's one more thing I'd like to say but Paul I'll, I'll adhere to you uh, if you have any more songs or points you'd like to make um well aside from things
1: aside from the sort of inspired by us, like uh like wrote my way out and uh immigrants we get the job done by Canaan and uh someone named snow the product which i i, <laughs> I don't know I'm, i apologize i don't know who that is i, I just clicked on a link and it's apparently a, a woman i didn't realize that the only snow i know is the guy that did uh informer <laughs> yeah but uh, anyways uh aside from those like the, those are like my favorites uh followed closely by the the various demos we didn't even mention that we get the complete uh, cabinet battle three <laughs> in here which is a great thing to hear but um I do want to say that uh in terms of covers, the cover songs, I think the two different versions of Dear Theodosia on this are probably the best. Um you know, Dear Theodosia is a is an amazing song. It's not my it's not one of my favorites from the original production, so I didn't expect either one of them to like be my favorite on here, but uh they're both beautiful. Uh one of them is covered by Regina Spector uh with Ben Folds uh and the other one the, the last song on the album is uh dear theodosia reprise by chance the rapper which kind of surprised me um it's also i love the i love that one in particular because chance the rapper uh is a brand new father and he petitioned hard like he really he fought to to get the opportunity to cover that song which is why there are two covers of the same song on this album
0: interesting i didn't know that
1: (laughs) Lynn and the producers were like, Well, how, like, who who gets to be the bad guy and tell one of these people that no, we're not going to put you on the album? And they were like, Well, the hell with it. Let's just put them both on there. They're both great.
0: But, yeah. So uh, I, uh, let's listen to the reprise, the Dear Thea Doja reprise with Chance the Rapper. Let's listen to a bit of that here on the podcast What Happens. It's like It's like I am doing a radio show at this point. <laughs> here we go.
1: what to say to you. You have my eyes, you
0: have your mother's name. When you came into the world, you cried, and it broke my heart. That's a bit of Dear Theodosia the reprise by Chance the Rapper. Yeah, I I am coming to terms with a lot of this now. Some of it <laughs> some of it anyway. Like some of it is like really good that I need to listen to more, but Again, I was not expecting to like not come around to the Kelly Clarkson "It's Quite Uptown" version because that just seems overproduced. Like so, yeah. So it's it's a it's a love, not so much love sort of thing on this mixtape for me. Um, <laughs> one last thing, okay. Well, the, the one track I I I have skipped the most is the Jimmy Fallon track. <laughs> <laughs> okay, right. I I I cannot listen to that whole thing, Paul. I can't do it. I. <laughs> Um, I don't know. Like, first off, the said about Jimmy Fallon and what happened during the election—like the lesson about that—the better. Oof, that's not good. Uh, and not helping things is him and his rendition of "You'll Be Back," which I find more annoying than anything. <laughs> like he, he he starts it off as a, as like a skit, right? Uh, and then you you think that's how that's the song's gonna play, and then he gets into it, which is kind of an awkward way to do things it, it didn't work for me, and the fact that the roots are also apparently on this track backing him up I d- i don't know i don't yeah a lot of this just, just doesn't rub well with me, Paul. this track in particular, this is like the one i was like i i can't i can't do it <laughs> here's here's the thing I'm
1: kind of. I'm kind of a defender of Jimmy Fallon, not necessarily because I just, I totally love him or anything. And I, I, I get that some people dislike him and you're right. The less said about what he's, you know, the certain things that happened during the election cycle, the better. Um, I don't, uh, other than that, like, I don't have a problem with Jimmy Fallon and I tend to push, I won't on, I won't in this case, but on my own podcast, Arlo and I get into it. I tend to push back against the whole Jimmy Fallon is the worst person in the world uh, <laughs> narrative that's going around right now, but I, I will completely back you up and say that um, this is the worst song on the album. <laughs> there uh, you go, yeah. It is a, it is, I get why they did it, uh, but it is a, an odd choice. Uh, to start with it as kind of sounding like a skit and not a not particularly funny skit i wonder how many people just skip past that like i wonder how many like you said you think that that's what it's going to be so i suspect a lot of people hear that and even if they don't necessarily dislike jimmy fallon they're like this is terrible and just skip before it actually gets to the song um and his like just straight up version of the song is okay. It's not. Yeah. It's not terrible. I kind of like the fact the fact that he does it in sort of a Beatles voice. Like he he sings songs and he he does impressions basically whenever he sings songs, and they're usually pretty good. Uh, and he he's got kind of a Beatles esque sound to him, which I think is appropriate for this particular song. But um, yeah, I don't know where I'm going with this. Like on the <laughs> one, on the one hand, I understand why he's on here because he was an early. Right. Uh, he was an, er, like an early proponent of this like he's been behind lynn and he's been really pushing hamilton hard since before anybody knew what it was so and and also there's the fact that the fucking roots like are his house band and they're you know quest love is behind this whole thing but still i i completely get you it's the worst track on here um listening to it again today i was like i, I skipped <laughs>
0: yeah. I I I made it almost until the very end but I couldn't do it. I just skipped I just skipped it. I was like, okay, I'm gonna force myself to, I'm gonna force myself to give this a shot. Again, another Hamilton reference. But I just couldn't make it all the way through. So yeah. Um I don't think he's like I don't think he's like the worst person in the world, but I don't know. He's uh again, I mean we, we're let's not get into the Fallon thing right now. Just uh I guess we can both agree that this is the worst one. It is. Uh, on the mixtape, so there you go. Um, oh, we got one last thing. I, I was trying to think of like who uh, could have done a better job. Uh, I can't really good, give a good answer at this moment, but like after hearing uh, you'll be back, uh, Jimmy Fallon's version, I listened to a version by uh, do you know Paul F. Tompkins, the comedian? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he did a version of it. Um, it really, was, yeah, and uh, and okay, okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna see if I can pull it up real quick. If I can't, then oh well. But it's 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 interesting. He I think he he played it as part of like a uh, Christmas benefits, and he released a version of it like an early version of it um, like on YouTube, and I was like oh this is a pretty good. And it's it, <laughs> the way he uh, performs it. He performs it through a um, it's it's not a bullhorn. It's one of those old time megaphone ones. Yeah, like a megaphone whatever. Uh, so I think, I think I just found it. Yeah, you found it. Uh, okay, I have it here. I'll play it here. Uh, uh, yeah, this is it. So this is a rehearsal clip um, by Paul of Tompkins singing You'll Be Back, and I think this is much better than Jimmy Fallon's version. <laughs> you'll be back Soon you'll see You'll remember you belong to me You'll be back I will tell You'll remember from the Battalion. Tompkins singing "You'll Be Back," um, which that I- was
1: <laughs> that, that, that was that was glorious.
0: Yeah, it's amazing. I kind of loved that. Mister kind of Mr. Tom- Mr. Tompkins is is a is a legend, uh, and yeah, I am not surprised. I uh, he um, he's a great singer in that he doesn't take himself too seriously, and I listen to his rendition of "Skyfall" more often than I should. <laughs> 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 I, I I think I frankly uh, this is like a, a crazy statement for me to make. I like his rendition of Skyfall better than the original with Adele. So that's wow. saying a lot. But yeah, um, there you go. <laughs> uh Okay, I think we see, see the uh, Paul F. Tompkins Adele World Tour 2017. <laughs> Uh okay, so I think we've covered the mixtape. Man, yeah. we're we're an hour in. Don't worry. I know. I uh, know. It's okay. I hope you can go a little long, Paul. Longer than usual with these episodes for this one. Oh no, I'm fine. I'm okay, good. good. Yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine as well. Okay. Um why don't we take a little break in podcast time? Uh it won't be a break for us, we're gonna keep going. We'll take a little break. Uh I you know, I I, I think I put in breaks just, you know, uh, I'm so used to listening to podcasts that have breaks in them anyway that you know maybe some people are used to them when they listen to regular podcasts they can't sit down and listen to an entire like two hour podcast uh, without a break in between for some reason I don't know but you know I'm gonna abide by that and say I'm gonna take a little break and you can you can you know you know uh, pause this go eat a sandwich or something come back listen to us talk Moana here after this. Pop, the shower I will kill your friends and family to remind you
1: of my love
0: and we're back hey paul <laughs> hey oh geez you startled me <laughs> <laughs> we're back oh boy uh here we go uh our last segment of the show where we and, and this is this is quite something because um after this we won't you know be back for another episode for i don't know how long yeah we were uh... To the best of my knowledge, we don't know what the heck we're doing after this. <laughs> no, <laughs> this this seems like a good like stopping point for now because our last stopping point was the end of the the initial series, and then of course Hamilton News came and we we came to talk about uh, the the documentary and what else do we talk about, Paul? We dedicate an episode to. I think we just had a guest on, so yeah, yeah. But now, I mean, this is it for now, folks, because Miranda. I imagine he's wiped. <laughs> he's 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 filming the new uh, uh, Mary Poppins. Right that's now, right. Yeah. Uh, so he's still busy, but he's he, he's taking a break, I guess, from from uh, releasing things, doing more Hamilton things, I guess, because he's busy shooting uh, Mary Poppins. Um, so with that, his um, his latest, newest. I was going to say venture. That's not right. <laughs> um, uh, production. The uh, the production in which he helped is uh, Moana, uh, Disney's latest animated motion picture. They're fifty sixth, film. Wow. Okay, I had no idea. So I was hesitant coming into Moana. I just give. Right. I'll give my brief little background on on Disney. Uh, I uh, I'm not. A fan of Wreck-It Ralph or Big Hero Six? <gasps> yeah, Clutch I know. the pearls? Oh my <laughs> gosh, Marcelo! I'm I'm sorry, but I'm not <laughs> a fan. And um, uh, I was uh, Frozen was okay to me. Uh, I actually watched that twice in a weekend because I found a lot of it in, like, interesting. But I don't know. I I I would probably never see it again or listen to the songs again. So. Um, why? Why do you hate fun, Marcel? <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm sorry. I just had I just had to jump on that band.
0: You sound like my co-host Matt Curiel, <laughs> who accuses <laughs> me of not having fun. Um, that's always delightful when he does that because it hurts my soul. Because I can have fun. <laughs> I can. So okay, cutting to the chase. I was hes- hesitant on marijuana, and also I was hesitant on zo- on the Zootopia, which I know is a movie that you particularly particularly like, Paul. Right? Mm-hmm. I love Zootopia. Uh, I, I, okay, I'll break this to you. I saw Zootopia like a week ago, and I loved it. Uh, oh, I, awesome. I'm, okay. I am glad I jumped on that, finally. We're was, friends again. Yeah. Friends. <laughs> I was hesitant seeing that, you know, same same circumstances, you know, me not liking those the previous Disney features. But I was, I can pretty much say I love Zootopia. It's a fun, fun movie. Hilarious. The sloth thing. Left me in shambles. I could not stop laughing for like five minutes. Uh, and it's it, it's 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 crazy that that they made a forty eight hours you know buddy cop movie, right? A Disney movie. Wow, um, yeah. I love it. And uh, you know, then cut to me seeing Moana. I was like, oh I, I'll I'll see it. You know I love Lin Mel Miranda. I know he co he co wrote the music. Let's see what happens. And boom! I love it. I love Moana. I love the music. I have not stopped listening to the soundtrack since watching the movie. Oh, okay, that's me, Paul. What about you? Uh, I'm sure you were you were in first in line to see Moana, right?
1: Well, I I wouldn't go that far, but I absolutely saw it opening night. Um, there
0: <laughs> so yeah, you you were one of the first to see it.
1: I I uh, yeah um yeah I, I knew that I was going to love this already. I'm. There are precious few, uh, like Disney animated films that I'm that I don't at least like, if not outright love. Um, I'm just, you know, I'm I'm in the bag for most Disney feature films. Um, I I accept that about myself. And uh, I thought, you know, when when I first heard the premise for this, which I feel like it was a couple years ago, maybe that I first started to hear about this, and uh, that it was going to be, you know, a unique. Setting focus on a unique culture, the the, the Polynesian or Oceanic uh, peoples. Um, I don't know. I, I was intrigued, and then of course I fell in love with Lin Manuel Miranda, and then I learned that uh, he was involved with the music, um, which actually, like, he was scooped up for this movie before Hamilton became a huge thing. Like, I, in fact, I think he was still working on Hamilton when when they approached him to do this. So a lot of people are like, Oh, look at Disney. They're just scooping up the hottest property. Well, Disney actually grabbed him before he became the hottest property, but still, uh, so they kind of lucked out. I mean, obviously he'd had work before Hamilton, so they knew he was good, but, but still they kind of lucked out that they have the, the Miranda train that they can kind of ride with this. Um, anyways, long way of saying I was excited for this. I, w- I was very much looking forward to it.
0: Yeah, I, I and I, I w- like waited till like, the second week. I think it came out. Then I finally saw it. Then I loved it, yes. Um, so uh, I guess we can give a general review of the movie. Um, I, I, I think, like, the biggest aspects of it for me that I just loved was, like, the first and foremost thing is the music, okay? Yeah. Um, it's funny that a, a lots of movies this year feature a lot of original songs that I'm just in love with. Um, it's I, I don't know. Like last year was like nothing in terms of movies that gave me like great original music, but this year there's just a lot. I mean, I I just saw La La Land like yesterday.
1: Oh, you son of a bitch! <laughs> I, I don't want to. <laughs> how brag. did you
0: How uh, did you see that? It's it's playing in Austin, so I God of course I was there. But man, um, when it, it's like Moana, La La Land, even like Pop Star, like like these types of movies that just have like the perfect music to like to to go with the story, it's uh, I like, can it get any better than that? I don't think so. It's because I don't know. It's I, I don't know. I uh, yeah. So each time I listen to the soundtrack of Moana, I think back of how like um, how refreshing how like original like the the story is uh i mean each time i listen to the rock sing i'm like oh you see such a great character <laughs> so when a soundtrack does that when he, when it helps you when it reminds you of how great the actual story is and how important it is to the story it's it's like perfection so i think moana does that for sure um so that's my take on it paul um what, what, what about you how do you feel about the story overall
1: God, I have to recover from this La La Land bomb that just dropped <laughs> on me. Um, my wife and I are desperate to see that. Uh, no, I loved the hell out of this. So, um, first of all, it's gorgeous. Uh, some of the bet Like every one of these uh, digitally animated feature-length films that comes out, um, I-, I am like... No, it's not going to get any better than this this is the top and then the next one comes out and I'm like, holy shit they they outdid themselves uh this is a film that features you know like 70 percent of this film is on or in water <laughs> so um you know that, that's that's a trick to pull off in cg and make it um unique from ever Like, this doesn't look like Finding Dory. This looks uh, uniquely like this film, but the water is amazing. The water effects are amazing. Character animations are gorgeous. Uh, just everything about the, the look of this film is um, stunning to me. Uh, the voice cast is amazing. Uh, Moana herself is is a wonderful character. Um, I, I love the fact that there is zero hint of any kind of love story. Like, this is... Yeah this is just straight up her. I love the fact that the film calls out that she is not a princess. And then like Maui's like, you wear a dress, you have an animal sidekick, you are a princess. (laughs) I just, I love that joke. Um, And the fact that, you know, she's not a, technically she's not a Disney princess and there's not even the suggestion that she, uh, that there's anybody she's interested in. There's no love story in this film. And it's so refreshing. Yeah. And the and the animal sidekicks. She's got two animal sidekicks. They don't talk. They don't. I mean, they have personalities and they are characters in themselves. But it's not. There's so much subtle uh, sort of Disney subversion that happens in this film.
0: Yeah, I, I like that's a great point you made, Paul. Like just looking at like just her animal sidekicks. It's not your regular Disney animal sidekicks. Uh, the thing they do with I, I don't want to spoil it for those who haven't seen it, but. The th- like the one thing I expected them to do they don't do with the sidekicks um yeah I, I think that's what I, I, I'll leave it at that because um, <laughs> <laughs> I'll just say you expect one cute adorable one to go with her and maybe like talk halfway through or something but that doesn't happen yeah. obviously <laughs> yeah yeah you, um, you
1: expect you expect at least one of them to turn to the camera halfway through the movie and just make a comment
0: yeah exactly uh, okay yeah uh, I'm with you like I love Moana herself. Um, I love her arc, like why she does what she does. Like she, she goes on this quest. She meets Maui. He's a great character. Yeah, I like. I'm, you know, head to toe. This movie just works for me, and which is surprising because, like I said, like earlier, the a few Disney movies in the past have not really hit me this like 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 this. So I'm I'm happy that this, this did it.
1: Let's just put this out there. This is a Disney animated feature length film. That has within it a deliberate and and overt homage to Mad Max: Fury Road, yeah.
0: <laughs> which is <laughs> insane. <laughs> I think that was one uh, uh, persuading thing that like, that just just led me to the theater as fast as I could. Like I think The Rock tweeted it out. You know that there's a moment. Yes, that is is um, is a, is a wink to Fury Road, and I was like, oh my god. The, well, this. <laughs> <laughs> this is great, then I must see this, and yeah, that moment in the movie is is wonderful. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's something else, uh, okay, so the music uh, um, so okay, uh, I, I think I guess a bit of background, yes, like well, you gave enough background, Paul, like like uh, Miranda was working on this for years, even before you know Hamilton hit it big, and he is the co-writer of each song, right on the soundtrack and he's working with okay, something I guess I should have pulled up before because I don't know what off the top <laughs> of my head um like with a uh a band who I'm pulling up the name of I don't want to music and soundtrack uh here it is written by Fo Faw- Fawawi oh god that's not good I can't pronounce <laughs> that Oboada Fawae. Faw- yeah Fi. Like yeah. fai um, from New Zealand, yes. Uh, s- a South Pacific fusion band. There you go. Uh, th- uh, them along with Mark Man- Mancina. There you go. Providing uh, th- the co-writing credits for the songs. And one thing I'll say off the bat is while listening to the songs... Uh, and after listening to Hamilton for I don't know uh, the, the original cast recording, I don't know how many times now, it just felt very Lin Manuel Miranda in the best way possible. I could sense his like rhythm. I could, oh yeah! I could, I could I could sense that, which is great. I I I was like, wow, this is so Miranda that I'm just absolutely already in love with it. You know, one of the things that I
1: noticed immediately. Um, in these, and, and this is the thing that Miranda's not the first person to ever do this, but it feels, it just feels distinctly Lin Manuel Miranda to me is the way um, that he plays with the repetition of words um, and how uh, I, I wish I could think of an example, but um, oh, uh, like leaves uh, in, the, in the song uh, Where You Are, which is the opening actual uh, musical number. Uh, the actual song with vocals in it. Uh, he uses uh, the word leaves and variations on it uh, to mean several different things. And he de- le- that's something that he does in Hamilton. Like there's, you know, uh, the word satisfy is used in Hamilton a-, a dozen different times, and it can mean a dozen different things depending on the song. Uh, there's examples of that throughout the Moana soundtrack.
0: Oh, and we should... And- oh, go ahead, Paul.
1: I was just going to say and as soon as I noticed that, as soon as I noticed like uh you know, we use the leaves to build fires, uh, and she talks about and and no one leaves the island like examples like that, I was like, that is so Miranda
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh oh, we should also say that Christopher Jackson has mm-hmm. a has a tiny role in the movie as he's yeah, I I thought he played the character, but he only plays the singing voice of the chief.
1: Right.
0: Yeah. Oh, and something I I forgot to to um to mention, I think this happened in the drug history episode where uh, I think Christopher Jackson also calls uh, Miranda. Right? Or am I? Or am I thinking something else? I, yeah, I think
1: I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah,
0: and and uh, Miranda's like like uh, don't worry, like Chris. Like you and me. Like every time I work, you work, which is something that I love. That these two are like the best of friends. Because I'm, uh, again, oh, well, I have yet to listen to in uh, Into the Heights, which is something I need to do. But I'm guessing Jackson was in, was in Into the Heights as well, right? So He, he was. Huh? Yeah, he's been in several Miranda uh, productions. So it's not too surprising that uh, Jackson shows up here. And it's, it's a great surprise, too. Uh, so, yeah, why don't we play a little bit of Where You Are? We'll, 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 we'll play a few of these songs because um, I do want to play some for sure. There's one I particularly love. Or there's like three I love. Um, but, yeah, we'll play some of Where You Are. Here you go. Moana, make way, make way, Moana, it's time you knew The village of New is all you need The dancers are practicing, they dance to an ancient song. Who needs a new song, to song, one all we need This tradition is our mission, and Moana, there's so much to do They upon the terror, that's all you need
1: yeah. I, I was singing along <laughs> I, was, I was lip-syncing along I love these songs so much
0: uh, Okay, so that was a little bit of where you are And yes, Paul was uh, singing along I, and, and,
1: and dancing, but no one needs to see that
0: <laughs> Once we turn this into a video podcast And everybody can see it Oh god um, <laughs> uh, Okay I, 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 I don't know what else I could say above Like I love like these songs like, they, I, like each that, one... was, that was Jackson, by the way For those listening in, yes. game, that, was,
1: that was Christopher Jackson That was Christopher Jackson
0: say. Uh, that was our our
1: first president singing
0: that song. <laughs> uh so I love that one. I love where you are. Uh oh, let me just ask you this just cutting to the chase Paul. Like do you have a favorite song on here? Oh jeez. Um I,
1: I mean all of them, but no. Uh I I would say the one that I'm the most obsessed with right now. Um, I don't know if this will be a surprise or not. Uh it's We Know the Way. Okay. Uh Which features um, actual lyric, like actual vocal performance by Lin Manuel, Um, and it's the it's the sort of spiritual voyage song. And it's I think it's the song that plays in the trailers. So if you've seen a trailer for this film, you've probably heard a bit of "We Know the Way." The reason why I'm so obsessed with that one right now is uh, at least half of that song uh, is not in English. It's in uh, I'm not going to be able to pronounce this. I believe it is uh Tokelauan. I think it's it's one of the the South Pacific uh languages, one of the Polynesian languages uh and it's it's like almost extinct. I think they said there are less than 3,000 people in the world that still speak that language. Wow. Um and it's just beautiful. Like I I've I've seen uh, films or, or whatever that feature the various South Pacific um, languages, Polynesian and uh, that sort of thing. But, but uh, like I've seen Rapa Nui, uh, it's just never registered to me how beautiful some of those languages are. And I cannot get over uh, just how, how magical the, the non-English lyrics of that song are. Okay. Yeah. Plus, just the message of that song is, is, you know, stirs my blood. It's really weird. I have to say, I'm terrified of water. I can't swim. I have a deep and abiding phobia for for water. Um, so it's always a mixed bag. It's always, uh, you know, Russian roulette when I go to see a movie that's all about sailing or <laughs> it's set on the water, even an animated film. So I was I was slightly concerned it would be a problem. It's not. <laughs> I, I completely loved it, and just the idea of. Uh, the call to explore, the call to go on a voyage across the sea, is stirring to me. Yeah, yeah.
0: so uh, yeah, uh, we know the way is in my top three of the soundtrack. It's like the, the uh, one of the three that I play a lot. So let's play some of we know the way. Uh, here we go. Away, away. That was a bit of uh, "We Know the Way," featuring Lin Manuel Miranda, and the band who I'm sorry I can't pronounce. <laughs> um, yeah, I okay. That's in my top three, and I, I'll, I'll go ahead and reveal my other two that I've listened to a lot. It's uh, "You're Welcome," uh, featuring Dwayne Johnson. I listened to his version, and there and and um, what I love about the soundtrack is that it also has the. Uh, The rendition they play in the final in the in the credits featuring uh, uh, Lynn Manuel Miranda, and also they have a demo version of that same track with Lynn Manuel Miranda. So I've been playing those three tracks over and over. (laughs)
1: Nice. uh, I I just want to say about the the sort of in credit version of uh, "You're Welcome." Uh, It's performed by Jordan Fisher. Um, and the reason why I think that's so exciting is first of all, Jordan Fisher, uh, is actually from the town that I'm living in right now. Like he's originally from Trussville, Alabama. Oh, wow. Um, and he has gone on to, he's the current, uh, John Lawrence, Philip Hamilton, uh, performing in the Broadway version of Hamilton right now.
0: Wow. There you go. Wow. So. This, I, this 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 uh, this movie has more of a Hamilton soundtrack than some people might you know might first think of. It, yeah, it's something else. Um, okay, so I love that song. I love that song because it has that it has that that break where well, like when I first heard it, the rock is kind of rapping in the in the middle. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and it's 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 great. Okay, I'm gonna play some of it now, and then I'll talk a little bit more after we hear a bit of. You're, you're welcome. I'm going to play the Dwayne The Rock Johnson version. <laughs> Which, if you asked me this a year ago when I've said this, I'm going to play <laughs> The Rock singing and rapping in a Lin-Noah Miranda song. Oh boy, here you go. You're welcome. Honestly, I could go on and on. I could explain every natural phenomenon. The tide, the grass, the ground. Oh, that was Maui just messing around. I killed a eel. I buried its guts. Sprouted a tree. Now you got coconuts. What's the lesson? What is the takeaway? Don't mess with Maui when he's on a breakaway. And the tapestry here in my skin is a map of the victories I win. Look where I've been. I make everything happen. Look at that mingini Maui just tick to take that's uh you're welcome as sung by Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Uh is there something that man can't do? I don't know. <laughs> it's like he's not okay, he's not the best singer, okay, but he gives it his all, like he gives it like 100%. And he's not like um he's not holding back. Yeah. So I love that rendition. Uh and again, like, each time I listen to the song, I'm reminded how, you know, well-formed that character is in the movie. So it it, it the song embodies like how like how how well written how, you know, like, uh, so great, that character. I, again, I'm gushing so much, Paul. Jeez. <laughs> is it, like, if if people were worried that this episode would be, just be, like, a lot of negativity, thanks to the mixtape. Now, thankfully, we're back to our normal, <laughs> you know, positive output, just talking about this soundtrack. Um. Oh, and one thing I'll, I'll mention, too, is the demo version on You're Welcome uh, by Miranda is, like, he... uh Because the original concept was... um. Uh, they're like of course there are differences and I love how it's changed because um, I think in the demo version Miranda like when he's saying oh you welcome like uh, in the middle of like his uh, his, his lyrics his, <laughs> his your welcomes in the demo are more like um, uh, what's the word like just like like you're welcome, like like take that for what it is. But then Dwayne Johnson, in his rendition, they were more like you're welcome, like more happy. So yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. I guess with Dwayne the Rock Johnson, with him being cast, they kind of changed the character to you know less of a you know uh, what's the word like sarcastic individual and more of like a happy individual, which of course the Rock definitely is. So I love that. I love like looking back at that demo and seeing like the change to the character that eventually became. Oh, too i also
1: i also like hearing uh miranda's version of that uh rap in the oh middle, yes yeah. which which is a little more rappy than uh than uh, dwayne's version uh, obviously yeah <laughs> but
0: still <laughs> yeah uh okay and uh, did i reveal my third one? Oh, my third one is shiny of uh, course by jermaine, <laughs> of course
1: jermaine clement the uh The the David Bowie song,
0: yeah, Uh, and okay, okay. Let's play some of Shiny, and I'll I'll reveal something about it that maybe may not shock a lot of you because I am a dumb person. So let's let's uh, listen (laughs) to some of Shiny. Here we go.
1: You try, 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 but you can't expect a demi-god to be the take apart. it up. You will die, die, die. Now it's time for you to take apart in your aching heart. Far from the ones who abandoned you, chasing the love of these
0: humans. So, Shiny by Jermaine Clement playing a giant crab. <laughs> still still singing along, by the way. <laughs> so one thing I'll reveal, just proving how dumb I am, I it was like a week after seeing the movie and listening to the soundtrack nonstop, uh, listening to uh, Miranda's demo of this song, I think maybe after the 10th listen, where I, I thought, wait a second, he's doing David Bowie. still <laughs> <So, laughs> I did not get it until I think it was like writing something down, like I was writing notes for like school, then listening to the soundtrack. I go, wait a second, this is David Bowie. I'm so <laughs> dumb, Paul. I just I got it because it, if you listen to the demo version, he is flat out doing a Bowie impression, and it's wonderful. It's yeah, it is so good. Um, I,
1: I I have to tell you briefly just because of the I don't know this this seemed odd to me, but uh, the my wife and I have seen the film three times. The third time we saw it, there was a family in the row behind us, an African-American family. Uh, not that that should make a difference, but th- that's one of the reasons why I thought this was weird. Uh, it was a mom and dad and I think maybe a grandma and then several kids. And the kids, uh, you know, they were they were liking the film well enough, I guess. It didn't sound, It didn't seem like they were super pumped, but they were liking it. But the dad was ecstatic. The dad was having the time of his life. And I'll tell you, when this song kicked in and it became... And 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 like it registered on the on all of us that oh this is this is a giant uh, monster crab singing a fucking David Bowie song, the dad lost his shit like he I swear to God he like came out of his seat and was like pumping his fists he was so (laughs) thrilled
0: that there was an animated crab in a Disney movie singing a David Bowie song (laughs) that's beautiful that is great right there. And again, I didn't get that till like a week later. I, I don't know what's wrong with me. It, it's obvious when you see the movie, like how, like visually how Bowie-esque it is, and listening back to it, oh, it's it's there. And and reading about it, because I, I read an interview about it that confirmed that yes, it's, uh like, yes, obviously like he, uh, it was a direct Bowie reference, because uh, I think he was in the final stages of writing it when Bowie passed, and mm-hmm. yeah, it's a beautiful tribute. I, I love that song, for sure. Um. What, one song we haven't mentioned that is the song that's nominated for the Golden Globes is uh, oh where is it oh, I lost it I had it here. Uh, how uh, far? How far I'll, I'll
1: go. How far I'll go. Yes. Yeah.
0: How far I'll go. Um. Again, uh, is this is a uh, one of the I guess the the character moment the most important character moment in the movie maybe mm-hmm. in the it's, beginning it's at the,
1: least. Yeah. Yeah. It's the I want song for the yeah. the title character. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Exactly. <clears throat> And um, I don't know. I, I, I could, it's one I haven't listened to as often as the other ones, of course. But again, I can listen to it, enjoy it, just the same. It's it was a question for me, and maybe also for you, for you, Paul. Like which song? Because it's it. He's going to be nominated for you know one song, okay, at least one song for the Oscars. Uh, I'm guessing since the Golden Globes picked this one, I guess this is going to be the front runner. This is going to be the one that'll nab yeah. Miranda a nomination, right?
1: I, I would think so. Like, <clears throat> on the one hand, I'd be surprised if um, uh, "You're Welcome" didn't get nominated. <laughs> uh, but on the other hand, I can't see the Academy nominating, uh, you know, a, a, a Dwayne the Rock Johnson song. <laughs> <laughs> so I just suspect, uh, being a Disney film, it'll probably be the "How Far I'll Go," the 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 Princess I Want" song. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. Again, I, I'm I kind of want to see Dwayne the Rock Johnson singing on stage at the Oscars. You're welcome. Uh, yeah. Uh, I also want, uh, you know, a pop star, uh, one of those songs to get nominated. But hey, that's not going to happen either, which is a shame. Uh, that would have been great. Uh, but yeah, uh, how far I'll go. Uh, let's play a little bit of that. The, this again. This this might be the one that's going to get uh, Miranda a nomination. I don't think he's going to win, unfortunately, because La La Land is such a big deal. Mm. Um, and uh, I'm sorry to bring that up again, Paul. I hate you. <laughs> but let's listen a little bit of uh the soon to be oscar nominated how far i'll go here we go See the to How far I'll go, I know. Everybody on this island seems so happy on this island. Everything is by design. There's a little bit of how far I'll go. Um, again, I mean, uh, Miranda has a has a good chance of getting that EGOT pretty soon. Uh, well, he needs uh he needs an Emmy. He already has a Tony. Um, I'm sure he has a Grammy. Do you know, Paul, if he has a Grammy? I I knew you were about to call me on this. Um, (laughs) Let's see. Let me see. Awards and achievements. uh, uh, Let me just rattle some other things off. Um, Because, you know, if he doesn't get an Oscar for Moana, which would be unfortunate, um, because, honestly, uh, again, my my prediction would be a La La Land win, because that's going to hit the Oscars pretty big. It's going to be... I'm sure it's going to sweep many awards, but if he doesn't get you know it for Moana, I'm sure down the line. I mean, he's working on Mary Poppins. I'm, I'm sure he's going to make an original song for that. I'm not sure how much involved with. Uh, I'm not sure how much involved he is with the musical production on that, but they they may fit something in there for him to do. I don't know. I don't know.
1: He uh, he has um he has an Emmy, a
0: Tony, and a Grammy. There you go, an Emmy, a Tony, and a Grammy. He just needs an Oscar,
1: and a and hundred other <laughs> awards, including including the goddamn MacArthur Genius Award. <laughs> you
0: could, he, he has a, he could have like a whole other designation, like a exactly like a Jamacha whatever. <laughs> How many awards?
1: <laughs> sure, I'd love I'd love uh, listeners at home to tell us what the hell uh, that award would be that you just said.
0: <laughs> a Jamacha There you go. Okay, figure uh, it out. Figure it out, folks. But yes. Um, Ah, so that's Moana. Okay, any other uh, any other points you want to hit, Paul? Any other songs you want to cover uh, with this?
1: Um, I mean, I don't. We could be here all day. But I know. <laughs> no, I, I I think we basically covered it. Um, I mean, this. Yeah, it's it's a beautiful film. Uh, you know, I I cried several times in the film. Um uh, my my wife is, excuse me, was very 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 connected to her. Uh, maternal grandmother who passed away a few years ago, and she has never quite recovered from that. And so the whole grandmother aspect of this film really hit hard uh, for my wife, which consequently hit hard for me. But um, it's a beautiful film and a a glorious soundtrack.
0: Absolutely. I agree with you 100% Paul. Um, Listen to that soundtrack. It has a, much like the Hamilton original cast recording, it has many tracks and spans two hours. <laughs> not as long as not as long as the uh, Hamilton uh, original cast recording but it it, it, it it's getting there. <laughs> I, I didn't expect it to be that long. Uh, of course it has like the songs you know sung and also the score and also a lot of uh, demos and outtakes. I mean yeah like I, like like I said Paul we could be here all day because we haven't even talked about like the outtakes um, that were not you know the, the songs were, that weren't used in the movie. Uh, but I guess we could maybe talk about that in the future or just say, hey, go listen to them. I'll just say there was one,
1: and I haven't listened to the the outtakes as as much as you have. Um, I think I've only listened all the way through maybe once, actually. I need to correct that, but one of the outtakes, um, maybe it was... I'm looking at a list right now and maybe it was more. uh, I was a little bit surprised that that wasn't chosen for the final film. Like, it seemed... sounded so much like the perfect sort of uh, Disney quote unquote princess uh, song uh, I mean I love the one that that was chosen how far I'll go but I was just surprised to hear one of the outtake songs I was like damn I, that must have been a hard cut for Disney to make or for somebody to make to not include that in the final film
0: yeah as, as the final clip will play let's play some of more an outtake from Moana here we go There's gotta be more. I know there's more. There's always more. One day I'll be brave and sail on the wave that leads me to more. There's gotta be more. I know there's more. There's always more. My father, the chief says don't cross the reef, but oh, every turn I take, every trail I track, every path I make, every road leads back to the sea. I am standing at the edge of the sea. As they all say, "I want slow down, I want dream small, I want don't drown." Can you drown at the call of the sea? There you go. That was some of more, uh, and I, I said it off mic. It is a good song. <laughs> <laughs> it says, um, "But likely we have that on the soundtrack again." Go for the deluxe edition. Um, if, I mean, I have it on Spotify, the whole thing. I'm sure you can find it on your streaming services. Buy an album, why don't you? Um, if, <laughs> you if you still have a CD player, do that. Highly recommend it, Paul. Um, I think we've covered it. I think we've covered think so. Yeah, wow. What What a strange long trip it's been. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> I don't know how to end this, so I'm just grasping at straws.
1: It, it, uh, well, I, I okay, I'll say um, there, there was one more song that I wanted to mention. It's not Moana or Hamilton.
0: Oh, oh, that's right. Okay, one more song, Paul, before we end this episode. Uh,
1: just because the reason the reason I want to throw this out here, and maybe um, maybe Marcelo, you can play this song as sort of the the our closing credit song. Okay, um, because uh, it is it is december it is the it's the time of miracles theo (laughs) so be a good cheer um uh, yeah so it's christmas time Uh, this is the the final episode of the podcast where it happens for the foreseeable future because we don't know what we're going to do next um so i just feel like it would be a good way to go out with um there's this band. I don't know anything about them. I think that they are an acapella band or perhaps they're just a straight up sort of parody band. They're called Eclipse six and they released a song called Hamildoff an American Christmas story, which is a Hamilton parody. Um, it, uh, it, it parodies uh, Rudolph the red nosed reindeer. And I think maybe a couple other songs in there, but uh, it's, it's in the style of Hamilton and it is brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant so um, if you haven't that was their Christmas present to, to me and uh, if you guys haven't heard of it or listened to it uh, previously it's my Christmas present to you please listen to that
0: yes I'm going to play it at the end of this episode Um, and you'll, uh, and yeah, again, uh, I'm going to take that from Paul and also say, this is our present to you. Merry Christmas, Merry, Merry holidays. I was just going to (laughs) say happy holidays, (laughs) whatever, whatever you want. Okay, man. Um, I'm talking to you, the listener. Uh, thank you for listening. It's yeah. Like Paul said, I don't know what we're going to do, uh, with this series, uh, in the future. Um, I'm sure some other Hamilton thing will happen. Uh, I don't know what exactly. Uh, maybe next time we'll talk. Paul is when they finally release the 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 live version, that the stage production. Like I don't know where, like in theaters, on DVD, Blu-ray. Who knows? But maybe not. Maybe not for the foreseeable future. I'm just making a prediction. But yeah, who knows? If that if that happens, hey, if that happens, trust us. We'll we'll be recording a podcast like within the hour. <laughs> I'm also holding out hope that, uh,
1: that you will get an opportunity to see this, either in New York oh, that's or right. uh, Chicago or, or somewhere, that you'll get a chance to see it, and we're, we're going to have to talk yeah. when that
0: happens. If that happens, guaranteed. Uh, and a whole, whole episode dedicated to that, so yes.
1: From, from the lobby of the theater as you're leaving.
0: <laughs> I'll be calling in through Skype recording. <laughs> um, so yes. Uh, and I guess we should also... Oh, you know, let's get into plugs. Uh, and then we'll talk about you know future other future projects. So, Paul, before we go, plugs. Where can the people listening find you online? Uh,
1: I'm I'm currently taking a break from Twitter, but I, I'm planning to return to Twitter uh, in the new year. So you can find if you want to, you can find me at haunt ten thirteen h a u n t one zero one three. I'm the co-host of two other regular podcasts currently on hiatus, both returning in January. Uh, the main one is Gobbledy Geek which is a more or less weekly podcast about pop culture and entertainment. Um, and you can find that uh, on iTunes or at gobbledygeekpodcast.com. And the other is The Avatar Returns, which is a, a review show about um, the Nickelodeon series Avatar The Last Airbender and The Legend of Korra. Uh, that's also on iTunes or at theavatarreturns.com.
0: There you go. Uh, do that, folks. And uh, like I said previous on another episode of another show we did... Um good call, taking a break <laughs> from Twitter. <laughs> you, you picked the right moment to do that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, as for me, I'm on Twitter uh, because I'm running the TalkFilmSociety.com website. Uh, check that out. Um, reviews, articles, columns, you name it, it's on there. All of our podcasts. Go back, listen to the entire uh, the Podcast Where It Happens series. Um, one thing I, I want to uh, touch on is the iTunes feed is currently not what I want it to be because it's only like showing like the last 20 episodes which is not what I want because we have like in total like me like the talk from society has like a hundred and forty three episodes so on iTunes at least I want you know people to go through the entire back catalog so i'm I'm focusing my efforts in in, uh, in like uh, revealing I guess you know showing all showing all the episodes on iTunes so that's something I'll work on. Uh, we
1: we had that problem with Goblet Geek and all. We can talk after.
0: Yeah, done. I, I like some advice, Paul, because I have some idea to do it, but I would like to hear uh, 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 your, your ideas as well. Uh, and oh, we are working on <laughs> on that Stranger Things podcast. Uh, I think at this point, Paul, you and I have to talk about it. But I'm going <laughs> to say, you know, this episode will definitely be out before Christmas. That Stranger Things one, probably not. <laughs> Um, so oh, wow. maybe in January maybe uh, just expect that um, and I, I I think that's going to turn out pretty well you know fingers crossed so uh, I hope you guys enjoyed this um, this is our our goodbye the 2016 episode you and I Paul um, it's been a great trip I can't wait to record more podcasts with you you know whether it be Hamilton whether it be Stranger Things or you know we'll find other things to talk about um, Paul Oh boy! Here we go, Marcelo. Thank you, thank you. And now it's time for our signature catchphrase. Hey folks, don't throw away your shot.
1: <laughs> I'm sure, that's our signature catchphrase. I don't know. Whatever. We've made it ours. Sure. We made it ours. It's It's
0: <laughs> yep. It's mine. Uh, it's me. Just saying. Hey folks, don't throw away your shot. See that that phrase right there. It's your catchphrase. <laughs> you you've said that for years. I've said that for years. <laughs> that, that for years. Yeah. Hamilton, you know, Mr. Lin Lin-Manuel Miranda, he just took it from me. Man. So, yeah. Okay. We need to stop recording. <laughs>
1: Does a young buck reindeer one who was constantly mocked and dropped in the middle of a forgotten island full of misfit toys where nobody could tell you what his name is grow up to be the one who's the most famous the same reindeer who led Santa through the fog and went globe trodden by not letting fear stop him got treated like a dog and made it a tough slog and he was green so He barely had antlers upon his noggin. And every day his playmates berated him by calling him names. And it was lame. He struggled and kept his guard up. Inside he was tired of hearing the same old line. He started making use of his notes. It was super shiny. Well, the word got around. They said, this deer is insane, man. Wasn't very long before the word got to the big man. All the other reindeer used to ban you from their games. But the world's good.
0: Gonna your, name. Jack, your name, Jack, man. Jack. Rudolph, red reindeer. My name is Rudolph, red-nosed reindeer, and Santa came to me one foggy year on Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve.